Hey everybody, welcome to An American F1, and I know it's been a while, and I know that you have been probably waiting to hear what the American F1 has had to say, and I'm here, I am back, I am ready to talk about the various things that have happened in Formula 1. I know we've been off since such a long time, I know I can't believe that it has been such a long break in the Formula 1 2022 season and we are just getting ready with this offseason and I'm here to provide you with the offseason bits and oh my god I took like a two-week break and the amount of news that has been around in the Formula One season since I've decided to take a break has been unbelievable and honestly it's been quite surprising and I know like the last time I made an episode right so the last time I made a report it was all about right Formula One we knew that there was drama going around with Ferrari we knew that something was going to happen and of course I was saying you know that Mattia Bonotto he's going to be gone at Ferrari he's going to be gone he's going to be gone there's no doubt about it and lo and behold By the time we got back with this whole Formula One 2022, I took a, I'm not going to lie, there was the World Cup. So the day after the World Cup, I was like, you know what? I'm not ready for this. And, uh, you know, the day after or not too long after the Formula One 2022 championship, I guess it had to be three weeks, whatever it was, you know, there was a speculation about Matteo Bonotto leaving Ferrari because... We know. We know what the story was like with Ferrari. Ferrari was a mess. It was... The best definition would be a hot mess. And there is no doubt that it was a hot mess. And by the end of it, right? By the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, we were like... There is no doubt in my mind that at the end of the day... Ferrari, led by Matteo Bonotto, will no longer exist to be and it ended up happening right like not too long after so I made a podcast about the same day I'm not even joking like the same day that all this went down and I wish I could say I was joking but I literally made a podcast the same day that all the team boss drama went around. And I said, there's no way this could be possible. So I made my last podcast on December 13th. And I left you guys off saying, like, there was all this speculation, all these ideas of what could happen. I said, Frederick Frasteur is probably going to come in to Fryer, which honestly, like, any person could have made that judgment, could have made that assumption. Right? So... February 13th, I released the podcast. Literally that same day, the same thing happens. Frederick Vrasher comes in, and then all chaos releases, right? So we have Seidel is out of McLaren, which I'm going to go on a whole rant later, but I got something else to rant about before. Seidel is out of McLaren. We have, in, in a surprise mood, a mood in a surprise move, 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 in a surprise move, Yost Capito out of Williams. Like, who could have seen that coming? The guy, the hardcore German, the guy that's like, 
We're going to bring Williams to the front. This guy is gone. And I was like, no way this is possible. I did not see that one coming at all. Williams surprised me to a lesser extent. McLaren. And I guess to an even lesser extent Ferrari. But if I'm going to start somewhere. And I don't even know what I just talked about. I just went on a whole rant about various Formula 1 things that were just like on my mind. Because it's the off-season, right? When you guys are in the off-season. It's so hard to focus on just one thing. And now you're going to hear my chair moving back, right? It's so difficult to focus on one thing. And there were so many things going on in the last week right before Christmas. You know, we're getting into the holiday spirit. And it's just with Williams and McLaren and Audi. And I feel like I need to do one of these, like, take a deep breath. Relax. And now I'm going to get us started where we really, 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 really need to get started. And... Okay, if I was going to start out, we're making a podcast, right? So, again, it's been about a week and a half. I know, I've been busy. Listen, there was the World Cup. That Argentina World Cup victory day was an undeniably huge day. Just overall, one of the best World Cup finals ever. So, if you're listening from France, I apologize. If you're listening from Argentina, I love you guys. If you're listening from anywhere else, I just... Appreciates, appreciates, appreciates a good game of football. I love you guys. Listen, and again, you got to keep in mind, I'm an American guy. I'm just giving my American perspective on things going on in this sport. And all right. So at Formula One, one of the biggest pieces of news, I guess you could say, with Formula One in recent days was this whole thing, right? So... This whole thing by the FIA. And again, this kind of ties into this whole idea with the FIA, FIFA. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I was very, very, very disappointed to read about this ban by the FIA. And I guess we're going to have to tread the line, but... On December 20th, about, the FIA decided they were going to ban all drivers. Including at the Formula One level from making any non-neutral, non-neutral, political, religious, or personal statements or comments without prior permission. And basically, I don't know what you want to call it. You want to call it the Lewis Hamilton rule. You want to call it the Sebastian Vettel rule. But overall, Formula One, ah, this rule cannot get me more incensed. And the reason why is because, listen, if you want to look at different levels of autosport, you want to look at different levels of competition, right? Even from NASCAR, from an American perspective, right? There have been these ideas that, in, in a sense, in... As much as motorsport is tied to, I know, it's tied to these big corporate deals. It's tied to these big sponsorship. It's tied to 
whatever, the venues you go to, whoever you believe in. But what I'm saying is, in some respect, it's not. And in some respect, the individual driver. Take, for instance, a Lewis Hamilton, a Sebastian Vettel. I, I mean, these are guys that you're talking about who have used their position in a sport, right? To elevate certain issues. And you're going to say now, after the controversies with the, with the, with, with the World Cup and FIFA, that you're going to reverse now. So what does that mean? What does that mean at all? Um, are you telling me that this means that if a Lewis Hamilton wants to go to Saudi Arabia and promote the idea that LGBTQ plus rights are limited, that he's going to be punished for that, that you're going to potentially give him a one race ban because of that. And if we go to Qatar and if we go to these other places, hell, even the United States, if you go to Texas and you talk about abortion, or you talk about Miami and you talk about global warming, because I know from a United States standpoint, right? We're talking about Governor DeSantis who's running for president. You're telling me. Now that's going to be unacceptable. Or if you're talking about if you make a... Listen, our governor over here, Governor Abbott, right? In Texas. Has done some shady stuff with people coming from other countries. You're going to tell me if you go against him as a Formula One athlete. Then you're possibly subject to a ban. It's a joke. It's a joke. And you know what? I love Formula One. I really, really do. And the sport, no matter what you want to say, listen, you could even think about back to the Honda livery, right? When Honda, Honda, in as early as 2007, had a livery to make awareness, awareness, awareness to global warming. And you're going to tell us that now, in 2022, possibly 2023, that's unacceptable. To me, it just doesn't make sense. And to me, one of the it, it's just really a shame that we have to go through things like this with Formula One. That we have to look at Formula One and say, yes, we're going to use this international level to promote the goodness of our sport, to promote the goodness of what we have. But at the same time, the FIA is going to limit us. And whether it goes to, you know, where does it extend? I mean, this new FIA rule could limit things in Texas. It can limit things in Miami. And it's definitely going to limit things in the Middle East, possibly Hungary. I don't know. It's just frustrating because as much as you fight for a sport, you get limited. And it's just insane to me to think that people in this area of sport still limit it. But all right, I guess that's my rant on the FIA and this political neutrality idea. But there are so many things going on right now. I can't believe it. Like. 
So I think one of the most surprising things, and I touched on it, was... Alright, so I made an original podcast on December 13th. And of course, my timing just being what it is. December 13th, everything seems normal, right? I talk about the possibility of Frederick Vasseur going to Ferrari. Obviously, Matito Bonotto out. And I carry on my way. I carry on going on with a normal day. And all of a sudden, I wake up. And then I see Jos Capito out of Williams. I'm like, all right. That was an odd move to me. And I'll get on to that in a little bit. And then I see Andres Seidel, now CEO of Sauber. I'm like, what? It was just like the moves didn't stop. And I could not believe it. And I'm trying to think of what part I really want to start at. With like, who do I want to discuss first? Like, Jos Capito, I think in, in, in my personal opinion, was one of the most surprising. And I know... Williams has gone under these different, I guess you could say, rebanding, rebanding, I cannot talk today, rebranding situations, whether it's been with Doralton Capital, and, um, you know, they're just looking for more investment, I and I get it, but when Jos Capito took over, I really thought he was the guy to lead Williams to at least greatness. And and this is going to kind of tie into, and I know I'm going to supposed to do, uh, you know, more previews for each team or season recaps, but when I was thinking about it, I read something about Williams recently, too, that mentioned one of their outgoing technical directors said that Williams is a team that is really, really far behind. And... In some respects, I see it, and I honestly get it, but in my mind, yeah, you know, Williams is one of the few teams, like, if you watch an inboard of a Williams car, right, they're one of the few teams that don't even have, like, a, I guess, what do you call it, a user interface on their steering wheel? They're still using one of those old-fashioned steering wheels where they got the steering wheel and the user interface is in front of the steering wheel, so... That 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 part of that boggles my mind too, but I don't know. Like you're thinking of the team they have coming in, and okay, I'm gonna sound very biased here. As we know, I have well. Here's what doesn't make sense, right? I should love, as an American fan, I should love the fact or the idea that an American driver is coming to Williams. But I'm really not a fan of Logan Sargent. I don't think. This dude is ready, and... Oh, my God. And I know Williams are still going to be behind, honestly. I, I just think... I don't think getting rid of Yost was the right idea. Now, who are they going to find, right? Like, who's out there? What is? Are you telling me that Matteo Bonotto... And honestly, it's funny, because I, I know I talk about the text message group that I have every now and then, but... In the text message group that I have, we were joking about Matteo Bonotto going to Williams. And I said, wouldn't it be pretty funny if Matteo Bonotto goes to Williams as their new team principal? And honestly, it wouldn't be that surprising, right? Would you would you guys be surprised to see Matteo Bonotto there? But no, I, I just don't get it. Like, 
Joe Capito, I think, had something going at Williams. I know Alex Albon was obviously performing to a T. Alex Albon was the driver you would want if you were Williams' team principal. You would want Alex Albon at your squad. You would want that guy performing as well as he could. You would want that guy performing to the max. And honestly, aside from the time where he had appendicitis, Alex Albon is a hell of a driver and definitely deserves to be at Williams. And if you're a guy like, uh, I know this is, um, again, oh my God, I'm so bad at staying on focus, but if you're somebody that's a Mick Schumacher fan, if you're somebody that's, you know, one of these fans, of maybe even an Antonio Giovinazzi fan, you see potential in an Alex Albon-like situation. And honestly, Albon thrived at Williams this year. One of the most underrated drivers, I would think, other than uh, Zhou Guan Yu, if we were rating underrated drivers. I mean, Alex Albon fucking killed it, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I'm 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 just so surprised to see Jos Capito out as team principal. I thought when you look at a guy like you feel like a natural leader, right? I felt like Jos Capito would have been a guy that'd be able to lead Williams to great success. And I I I guess it remains to be seen. But Jos Capito, in my mind, was a guy that could propel that team in the right direction and find them great success. And I hope he's not done with the sport. I, I have a feeling he is because it's like once you're out of F1, it's it's really hard to claw back in. But anyway, uh, moving on from that, probably the next biggest news, right? Like, Frenchy Fraser, how could I avoid that? So... The whole Ferrari situation officially was down. And it came through that Matteo Bonotto, who has been obviously one of the... Listen, you could say what you want. Oh, well. Oh, my God. I'm trying not to yawn, but it's late. I'm sorry. It's like the day after Christmas. I'm, it's cold here. I'm just vamping, but... um, Yeah, no. The day... Like, Matteo Bonotto. I don't know how you look at him from a Ferrari standpoint. In some ways, you could see him as being one of the best Ferrari engineers, right? One of the best Ferrari dudes for a long time. Because Matteo Bonotto has kind of had mild success with Ferrari, right? And, like... Whose fault is it really for Ferrari's failure? Was it indeed Ferrari itself? Was it Benotto? But, I mean, I get it. At the end of the day, what are you going to do? It's either you stick with Mattia and you go through the struggles that you had last year. Or you, or you try something new. And you can't blame Ferrari for going for something different. And... And they've had their mess with strategy. They've had their mess with drivers. I think Ferrari, honestly, other than, like, if you're going through driver's prayers, right? Prayers? Pairs? I can't talk. Oh, my God. That's so brutal. But if you're going through driver's pairs, I'm trying not to fall asleep also. 
if you are going through driver's pairs, there we go, got it, right? And you're going to rank who's the best. One of your first pairs, right? You would think automatically Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Like, who's better, George and Lewis? Probably, right? You're probably, at least, honestly, George and Lewis are on another level. George, say what you, I know there's a lot of George haters out there. and My text group, they'd probably kill me if they could hear me right now. They'd be making fun of me anyway by the fact that I made so many Ferrari jokes. But no, in all seriousness, George and Lewis, probably one of the best pairings, right? Along with Toto. And that gets me to another thing, right? So if we're talking next year, it's going to be a competitive year, right? I would think so. But, um, oh, my God, there is still so much I haven't talked about and... I'm only trying to do half an hour. I don't want to make you guys crazy, but... Yeah, I mean... Where would I go? Alright, first of all... I'm going to start with vamping about Mercedes. Because you guys are going to, like, be so angry, but... Mercedes had a fucking hell of a year. No matter what you want to say, right? Like, if you think back to the beginning of the year and how much that W13 struggled... And how bad that car looked. The fact that they were able to dig. And even make their way. Into competitively being. A legitimate title contender. For the top three is. Insane. And. You know I was thinking again. Because I mentioned the top three drivers. Whatever the driver pairings. Like that George Russell Lewis Hamilton pairing. Which we have been waiting for for a long time. I gotta tell you. I remember when. (laughs) It's so weird to think about how long ago that really wasn't, but it felt so long ago. So, three years ago, with that whole George Russell Bahrain situation, right? I was moving into my new apartment. I was repainting that fucking thing, trying to make it feng shui as possible. Whatever feng shui is, I don't really believe in it, but I was just trying to make it look good. And I had that race on. And I watched that race with the utmost dedication. Oh, my God. If there are two races I remember, like, lap per lap bad season, one would be that George Russell, and two would actually be, two would definitely be the Roman Grosjean race. And it just goes to show you, like, the different things you remember, the different things that happened during a Formula One season, and... I don't know why. I was just getting very nostalgic the last couple days about those two races. But, yes, with George and Lewis being up there, it's it's really it's amazing. And I can't believe how much I have left. And I guess I'm just going to have to leave this. But here's what I'm going to say. Some things that are just really, like, blowing out of my mind. First of all, Vegas. Oh, my God. As an American race fan, right? The idea that Vegas has an Empire package, which I don't even know the details. Because honestly, if I was going to look through the details, I would end up crying to myself. I was telling my dad, who... My dad, again, I, I think I mentioned this before. My dad is a big NASCAR fan. My family is honestly some of the biggest NASCAR fans. And myself included, we're, we're big NASCAR fans. And we've gone to race weekends in Pocono and 
I don't know, parents have gone elsewhere. Oh, we've gone to Charlotte. And it's been comparatively cheap. I mean, it's been the hundreds, the, the you know, more than $100, obviously, like 200 300 400 but And that was in 2007, 2009. But me as an F1 fan, right? And this is what bothers me, right? So I feel like I have a job. To represent the American side of Formula One. And listen, I don't know how many people are going to actually listen to me. It could be 10, it could be 5, it could be 20, it could be 30, whatever it is, right? I feel like, and this is maybe just my ego talking, but of Americans, of the Americans I know, I feel like I'm one of the ones who understand Formula One the best. Because I can tell you things from, you know, I can tell you random shit from the 70s, the 80s that no one else would care about, right? I can explain to you why Graham Hill was great and why that championship of Demon Hill was so special and why Jacques Villeneuve was a great champion but also had a weird downfall and I can just explain all these random things to you about Formula 1, about Scott Speed about, you know the failed American Times recently about Mario Andretti, about about the fit of politics, about the fact that it makes a, a big deal that we're going to South Africa and Japan and America and why streak what you, you get what I'm saying, but why the appeal isn't there? I don't know, but maybe one thing is when when our biggest race. Our biggest race is going to be Las Vegas. And obviously that makes sense. Why would it not? But. For me as an average. American F1 fan. I'm not going to go there. And is the racing going to be good? Like. Uh, it, it does bother me. Who. Who in your right mind is going to be the person? Well, I know who in my mind is going to be the person that goes, yeah, I'm going to get that $5 million emperor package in Las Vegas with Chef Nobu. Who cares? As long as the racing's good. Like, Miami had decent racing, and I'll give it that. Monaco recently has had some of the shittiest racing, and... I love Monaco. I love for the spectacle. I wish I could go there one day. I love Monaco for the spectacle. I love for what it is. But at the end of the day, the racing sucks. Give me more Suzukas. Give me more Mexicos. Give me more Kodas. I would go to a Coda. I'm, I want to go to Houston and watch a race. I want to go and watch. And I want to go and see it. And I want to go and enjoy my Formula One racing. And have a great ass fucking time with it. And I know I've gone on a big rant. I don't even know what I ranted about these days. But the point is. There's still so much I gotta rant about. And listen I'm just here to give you guys. The off season bits. To get you through a half an hour. Maybe enjoy whatever the hell it was I talked about. And I know I probably ranted too long about Vegas and whatever it is. But 
The point is, it's been quite a few weeks without Formula One, and uh, I'm just trying to enjoy myself and uh, get through day by day, week by week. Maybe next week. I'm just trying to think of things I'll talk about. I have still a litany of things we gotta get through, right? So, I mean, I completely did not talk about the fact that we gotta address some things, right? I didn't even get scratching the surface with these team bosses thing. Unbelievable. I didn't even scratch the surface with, uh, you know, Turkey and Portimao now competing for China's job in the Formula One race. And then uh, Alonso. What is Fernando Alonso gonna do? Really, like, all right, that's where I'm gonna end. All right, this is where I'm gonna end. I gotta choose a point to end. I made my goal to make it a half an hour. I'm gonna end with this. All you all. All of you all, all of us, like Fernando Alonso. But what is he going to do? Aston Martin right now says their best goal is fourth place. What are we going to do if Aston Martin struggles? What is what is Fernando Alonso going to do? Do we really think this guy is a patient guy? Is he going to be able to wait and hang on and say, I'm patient with Aston Martin. I can deal with them. Being in the midfield again. I don't think so. And I just think, what is Fernando Alonso doing? Sometimes I'm like, how? How is this guy still around? There are so many other options. Mick Schumacher. It it gets me so frustrated that we have people like... And listen, I'm not denying Fernando Alonso is great, but we need more development and... I don't know. I just went on a half an hour rant of various things about Formula One. And if you listened, I'm glad you did. Because that was my best rant in a long time. And I don't know where it's going from here. But I'm going to catch up and re-talk about these things next week. So thank you for listening. Thank you for indulging me. And we'll catch up next week with some more off-season bits. Thank you for listening to An American F1. I'm your host, Bernie Klein, and I hope to listen to you, or I hope you listen to me, next week.